Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Tax season is here, and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W-2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973. That number again is 800-850-7973. And you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Writer Junkie offers affordable, well-written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Weekly Podcast alongside UCAS Studios. Uh, I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group and RiderJunkie.com. Got some news to talk about today. Got some news to talk about today. You don't really get that this late in the season very often, Uh, but the Lakers have have a new player. They they, they signed Dion Waiters uh, for... The rest of the season, uh, presumably, I'm assuming nothing uh, goes poorly, but I'm uh, going to talk about that today. I'm also going to, I'm answering some fan questions that I got, just a few questions. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kyle Kuzma and kind of his his shooting woes and his shooting struggles and, um, you know, some things along, along those lines. Basically, the playoffs um, were the main topic of discussion with the questions that I got, so I'm uh, going to talk about that at the end. Uh, but first, I'm going to talk about Dion Waiters. But before I dive into that, as always, guys, be sure to uh, like this video and subscribe to UCAS Studios on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Podbean, Spotify, wherever. Uh, do that for UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders. Of course, you can get all of Lakers Outsiders content on LakersOutsiders.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders. And like us on Facebook as well. Uh, the Lakers uh, just had recently had an event the other day, and we actually had somebody for Lakers Outsiders at the event. Um, there, were, there were Laker players. Uh, Frank Vogel, uh, I believe, was there. And um, had a big event to announce a, a new partnership. So um, be sure to check that out. Again, that's on LakersOutsiders.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. That's G-A-R-Y-K-E-S-T-E-R. Um, all right. What the plugs out of the way, let's let's dive into this Dion Waiters signing and what I think about it. I want to know what you guys think about it. Be sure to drop a comment below um, if you're listening to this on YouTube and let me know how you feel about Dion Waiters. Uh, I know he's a pretty polarizing player, um, talented player, but obviously you're not w- really sure where he's at um, in terms of a mental state uh, and 
is he going to be able to stay focused and is he going to stay in check? Who can hold him in check? Things of that nature. So um, <clears throat> there are a lot of questions about, about Deion Waiters and understandably so, understandably so. Um, all right. So little backstory, obviously with Waiters. Waiters was, was a very high uh, draft pick at the time and he's a talented player when he's been able to get on the court. I mean, he does, he can do some boneheaded things sometimes, uh, but he has, you know, he, he He's got a skill set that I think can actually really, really help the Lakers. Uh, I'm hoping that he is a successful reclamation project like we saw with Dwight Howard. When the Lakers signed Dwight Howard back in the summertime before the season started, uh, a lot of people were not happy about it. A lot of people were not happy about it and really were really skeptical of it. And I don't blame them because Dwight Howard at the time had you know bounced around from team to team had kind of mentality issues, immaturity issues, and and things like that. So understood the skepticism there, but I was I, I believed in Dwight's talent and his ability. Um, all it was was the the mental aspect of it. Could he buy into a role, and could he really just focus on helping the team win games and trying to go after a championship? Because with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, and the, and the makeup of the rest of the roster, Frank Vogel as coach, going into the season there were legitimate championship aspirations and really that's only been uh, <clears throat> verified really been confirmed with their, uh, their play on the court. I mean, right now they're comfortably sitting in first in the, in the Western conference and you know, we'll, we'll see if they can hold on to it. I, I would assume that they will be able to, cause it's a pretty comfortable margin, but they do play the Clippers two more times. So that could factor in somewhere along the way, but the Lakers are able to get Dwight to buy in. He's been a very serviceable role player for the Lakers this year. Had some really, really good moments. Uh, obviously, every player, I think, goes through some stretches where they don't play particularly well, and that's certainly been the case with Dwight. Had a couple stretches here and there. Um, but it's a long season. You're going to you know, deal with those ebbs and flows. And overall, Dwight's been a big, I think, a big positive for this team. And I'm hoping Deion Waiters can do the same thing. Basically, my ideal scenario, I think, for Neon Waiters, because I don't know what to expect. I don't know whose minutes he's going to get. Uh, the Lakers did release Troy Daniels to uh, create an open roster spot, and that was kind of a mutual parting. Daniels, I think, wanted an opportunity to get some more minutes somewhere else um, and, and, and really play. Uh, as bummer, it didn't work out. You know, I wish Troy Troy Daniels the best. I thought he was, you know, a, a big part. <clears throat> Not a big part, but you know, obviously, um, he he fit into this team. Uh, this team's had you know, we've we've heard and and read about their their team chemistry all season long, and that takes I mean that takes contribution from you know player one through fifteen on the roster. So uh, he was obviously a part of that, and it, you know this this team has obviously gone through some very difficult circumstances and difficult events. And so, you know, I respect every player in that locker room for, for sticking together and, and really going through it. And like I said, I, I, you know, I wish him, wish him the best, but it, you know, it's Dion waiters time now. And I'm curious where he's going to get the minutes. Cause he's taking basically the roster space, uh, roster spot of a guy that didn't really get in the rotation much. Uh, Troy Daniels was a guy that got basically garbage time minutes, you know, for the last few weeks or however long it's been. Played a little more earlier in the season, but uh, isn't it before he was released? Was an end of the bench guy, 
and I don't anticipate that being the case for Deion Waiter. So I'm wondering where his his minutes are going to come from. I'm a little worried that they're going to be at the expense of guys like Alex Caruso, um, who I think you guys, if, if you've ever listened to this pod, you know how I feel about Alex Caruso. I'm a big Caruso fan. I love what he brings uh, from a toughness standpoint, defense. Uh, I think he's a smart player. I, I just think he's a really, really good role player, and I think he should play more for this team. And to me, the film backs it up. The stats back it up. Uh, you know, when the, the on-off numbers, when Caruso's on the court compared to when he's off, typically favor Caruso. So, um, really like I really like his game and his impact. So, hopefully his minutes aren't reduced. Waiters, I think his role for this team is, is obviously going to be coming off the bench. But to me, where he can be a big plus is he's a guy that can create his own shot and he can create for for others he is he is a playmaker and you know people obviously he, he's kind of kind of like a walking meme i guess at this point uh, because of all the the events that happened earlier in the year he was suspended a few times there was the uh gummy edible incident on the the miami heat team plane or it caused them i guess to, to freak out or something like that and uh, ended up getting suspended and then traded and then bought out. And, uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> obviously, with all that stuff, you kind of understand maybe the, the backlash or the skepticism. And I don't blame people for being skeptical. Um, but, to me, Dion is, is kind of in a similar situation where it's kind of like Dwight. Like, if this doesn't work out and you screw this up, I don't know that there's another shot for you in the NBA. Like, teams might just think that you're you're beyond help at this point um but i think his role on this team is going to be that that guy that comes off the bench that you know is is a guy that can create offense can create his own shot because i think the reason why this team has struggled so much when lebron has either missed time or he just goes to the bench is because they just don't have a lot of playmakers i mean I think that was the the role that they envisioned for for Rajon Rondo, but Rondo Rondo's just not the player he used to be. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Rondo. In a perfect world for me, Dion Waiters would come in and basically take Rajon Rondo's minutes, and he serves as your your creator with that bench unit. Basically, you're creating point guard offensively with that bench unit. Can create his own shot. Can create some shots for others. And then you have Alex Caruso out there as well, or Contavious Caldwell-Pope, defending backup point guards. KCP is going to get some get some run with um, with the kind of the starting group in in Avery Bradley's place with those lineups getting staggered like different points throughout the game. Um, So I'm not worried about KCP's minutes or anything. To me, in a perfect world, Waiters gets signed and or is signed. Waiters gets the I'm thinking of something I'm going to talk about in here in a minute. But uh, to me, if, if Waiters could take Rondo's minutes and you kind of phase Rondo out of the rotation um, and he basically <laughs> rides the bench with, with Quinn Cook, I know some of you don't agree with me on Rondo, but uh, if Waiters could take Rondo's role, I think that would be a great fit. Honestly, I think it would be a great fit because I think Waiters is offensively much more potent player and Rondo, Rondo's guy never even guards him, man. Like, kills floor spacing. I think he kills ball movement because he pounds the ball into the floor looking for assists. 
Uh, Rondo, a number of times this year, has passed up open layups or open, you know, eight to ten footers because he's looking to pass the ball. You know, I think having a scoring threat in that position, you know, that plays Rondo's minutes, I think would greatly, greatly help this team and help the second unit, and things would fall into place a little more naturally. Uh, I think if if a guy like Waiters got Rondo's minutes, so I'll be curious to see. Whose minutes he gets, where he fits into the rotation, that's what I would do personally. I'm a little concerned, though, that he's going to get some of Alex Caruso's minutes and the defense is going to suffer from that. But we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. Ultimately, I trust I trust Frank Vogel. I think he'll, he'll figure it out. Uh, he's got about 22 games uh, to figure it out by the time that I'm recording this. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. I am excited to see what waiters can do, though. Kind of the nice thing is the Lakers have the leverage here, so if he slips up and he starts acting up and doing stupid things, Lakers can just cut bait and they can go out and sign a guy like J.R. Smith, uh, who obviously different type of player, kind of a bonehead too, does some dumb things. But uh, Sean Strania of The Athletic and I think it's a Stadium or U Stadium or whatever it is, um, was reporting uh, earlier today before I re- recorded this that the Lakers, even with Deion Waiters in the fold, may not be done looking to add to the roster. And they're still, according to Shams, uh, looking to add some shooting. And he mentioned a guy like J.R. Smith who has worked out with the Lakers and obviously has history playing with LeBron James and won a championship with LeBron in Cleveland in, in 2016. And... I think that that's really interesting. I I don't know why I seem to like all these like project reclamation project lower character guys um, more than other people. Obviously, you know the the reaction to guys like J.R. Smith or Dwight Howard or Deion Waiters is like you know laughable because of their off court stuff. Um, some of the on court decision making, uh, the maturity stuff like that. Uh, just makes people laugh whenever you think when you talk about signing them but i think they're guys that could honestly really help this team i i really do I, you know i think jr smith is a guy that if the lakers do go out and sign him i don't know who they'd cut my money would probably be on quinn cook uh because they have you know kind of that backup uh basically the second another second unit guard in Dion waiters who can take cook's cook's role even though cook doesn't play very much uh, I would anticipate Waiters is going to get minutes here and there at the very least. Uh, but I would think Quinn Cook kind of gets the axe. I doubt it would be Rondo, um, but that's personally what I would do and make Rondo basically an assistant coach. But I don't know if that's even realistic. So, uh, But if they got a guy like J.R. Smith, even to go with Deion Waiters, obviously people would make jokes about they're the meme team because of JaVale, Dwight, those two, whatever. That's fine. That's fine, but J.R. Smith, I mean, say what you want about him. If the Lakers do sign him, I mean, he's a 6'6", you know, two-guard, smaller wing, whatever you want, and the Lakers could use some wing depth. They absolutely could use some wing depth. I've been saying that all year, and I think, you know, J.R. is is a bigger, you know, a bigger guy that could throw out on the wing, obviously bigger than like a KCP, um, and it's he's a guy that is fearless. The thing I like about J.R., he can shoot. Number one, you know, I trust his three-point shooting ability, but he is just fearless, man. A lot of guys, you see a ton of guys in the NBA shrink when the playoffs roll around. It happens every year. 
happens every year. Sometimes the same, it's the same player or players or teams. You know, we saw it for years with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they, they just continued to kind of struggle in the playoffs, even though they were great in the regular season. And they always run into LeBron and get beat. Um, but to me, JR is a guy that's been there, obviously won a championship, familiar with playing with LeBron James. I think would be fearless, would be able to hit shots uh, when presented. And, I mean, the Lakers need that. And they need that because Kyle Kuzma has really struggled to hit threes. And I'm going to talk about that uh, here in a minute, just after the break. But I'd be, I'd be on board with signing J.R. Smith, depending on who they cut. Depending on who they cut, but uh, I'd be on board with it. Let me know what you guys think about it. I know it's, you know, we're creating the meme team <laughs> theoretically over here, but uh, I'd be on board with it. I like the Deion Waiter signing. Uh, I think he's going to be a good backup playmaker, which is big because the Lakers don't have a ton of that outside of LeBron. And I think Jared Smith's a guy that could come in, maybe defend some wings here and there, uh, at least, you know, a body to throw it, some of those wings, make him work a little bit more and, and not be guarded by smaller defenders. And he's a guy that will hit shots. I think he'll hit threes. He won't be afraid to take them. He's played in the biggest games. Obviously, that's a, you know, a major brain fart in one of those games. But ultimately, NBA champion has made some big plays and just isn't afraid of any moment. And I'll ride with guys like that, in all honesty. Give me championship experience, uh, especially with a team that legitimately could win a championship. So that's my thoughts on Deion Waiters and JR, the possibility of adding J.R. Smith. We'll keep tabs on that if that happens. Um, but I mentioned Kyle Kuzma. Mentioned Kyle Kuzma and his shooting struggles. I was actually asked about, about that, so I'm going to talk about that right after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Tax season is here, and that means that it's time to file your taxes. There's good news. If you're a W-2 employee, you can save half off your filing. All you have to do is call the Tax Defense Group before April 15th, 2020, and mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios. Millions of Americans will get money back after they file, and you can be one of them. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800 800- 850-7973. That number again is 800-850-7973. And you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rider Junkie. Are you looking to make more money in 2020? One of the best ways to do that is by having a new resume that can help you get that dream job. Rider Junkie offers affordable, well-written resumes for the low cost of $145. They'll even throw in a cover letter for no additional charge. All you have to do is mention that you saw this ad on UCAS Studios and they'll get right to work. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. Okay, so one of the questions that I got was about Kyle Kuzma and basically it was just phrased this way. What do you make of Kyle Kuzma's struggles this year and what can he do to get back on track. To me, without really going into a ton of detail, maybe on like X's and O's and maybe schemes and stuff like that, uh, strategy that you could really get him involved. The biggest thing right now for him is he's got to make the open threes that are presented to him. And he's getting good looks. You know, he, he might force some bad looks here and there, but on this team, man, they just need him to hit threes. They just need him to hit threes. And I, I get it, you know, Everybody kind of got hyped up because of his rookie year. He shot 36.6% from the three-point line 
on 5.6 attempts per game. That's really good. Like you take, I would take that every day of the week out of him, um, especially coming from out of the University of Utah. I mean, he wasn't really known as a shooter. Uh, so to come in and, and light up the summer league like he did and shoot that well from the three-point line as a rookie, I was really excited about that. Had a, you know, took a step back in year two. You kind of just wonder, you know, what was going on. Maybe it was just, you know, rough year, whatever, no big deal. Um, but this year, I mean, it's it hasn't really gotten any better. I mean, second year he shot 30.3% from the three-point line on six attempts per game. This year he's shooting 30.8% on 4.4 attempts per game. His free throw percentage was 75% last year, 72% this year, 70% his rookie year, so... Uh, the free throw percentage has gotten a little bit better. Um, but his minutes are down this year. He's only played 24 minutes. Uh, he played 31 minutes a game and then 33 minutes a game his first two years, respectively. Uh, obviously, his minutes are going to be down playing on this team that is better than those first two years with a lot of young players. Uh, this is a lot more veteran-heavy team with, I mean, just better players, You know, to be quite frank. I mean, that's why they're, you know, a championship contender this year. To me, the the quick answer though is the three point shooting's got to come around at some point. And to be fair to Kyle Kuzma, he battled injuries, didn't really have a training camp, and all this, and he's had you know problems with that, the, the ankle problems and whatnot. And he retooled a shot this year, so maybe it takes a full season for him to really figure out the shot and not and try and break away from maybe going back to old habits. I don't know if that's a problem. I know as someone that learned a new a new shot when I got older to try and like raise my release higher, which is kind of what Kyle Kuzma uh, with his new jump shot was was focusing on this year. Uh, it can be very hard. It can be very hard to to make that routine and make it a habit and just make it natural. Your muscle memory you know makes you want to do things one way, and you almost have to fight that. Um, so it, it can really throw you off. Not to make excuses or anything, but. It is a possibility that just changing the shot is something that's going to take, you know, a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of game reps, and you know, maybe that's what it is. But bottom line is, he's got to start hitting threes. Got to start hitting threes. Got to start hitting those jumpers um, because once you once he hits, uh, you know, if he can hit those those threes at a high rate, teams are going to close out hard on him. Uh, he's going to be able to have more opportunities to cut towards the basket because defenders stay tight on him. Uh, closeouts, you know, attacking closeouts off the dribble. You know, he can be a three-level scorer when when that's the case. And, yeah, to me, it's it's the shooting. The shooting has got to come around. He's got to hit open shots. Got to hit open shots. We know he's capable. I mean, that game against Oklahoma City earlier in the year, the Lakers were without LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Danny Green. And... Kyle Kuzma went nuts, just went absolutely nuts. Uh, the Lakers as a team went nuts from three in that game and got a very surprising win. That still might be their best win of the year to this point. Um, but like I said, to me, it's it's a three-point shooting. That's got to come around, and the Lakers are going to need him. The Lakers don't have a ton, of, a ton of depth on the wing. Basically, Kuzma at this point now with Markeith Morris in the fold is the backup three behind Danny Green or LeBron, however you want to look at it. Um, and got to produce he's got to produce if this team wants to win a championship they got to get a little more out of Kyle Kuzma he's just got to be a more efficient scorer I think uh, especially from the three-point line that would be huge that'd be absolutely huge if they can get that so 
that's my thoughts on the Kyle Kuzma struggles. Uh, you know, at this point, this just might be what he is. I mean, you never, you never really know. You never really know. I just, I hope, I hope being patient with him uh, pays off. But I'm just not, not sure. I mean, I'm not sure he makes it past the summer if he keeps playing like this. In all honesty, the Lakers might look to to move him. So. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But to me, if he can start hitting shots and be, you know, just more, just hit the open shots. Hit the open shots that are presented to you at a, you know, at a much more efficient rate. I think that'd be a big development for the Lakers. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. So that was kind of one of the four main questions that I got. Uh, Three more questions that I'll kind of run through and then I'll get out of here. Uh, First one was... Your preferred first-round matchup in the Western Conference playoffs for the Lakers. So, assuming the Lakers get the one seed, which I think that they will, uh, they'd take a pretty big collapse to not hold on to that one seed, but it is possible. Like I said, they play the Clippers two more times. Uh, I still just, the Lakers schedule the last month of the season. Uh, once they get past, I think, March 17th, they should mow through that schedule, even though the you know, they might be resting guys. For me personally, my preferred matchup is the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's no disrespect to the Memphis Grizzlies. I actually really like what they've done the last couple years. Right now they're 31 and 31. Um, they've got some good young players. John Morant obviously is, is a stud. He's going to be really good, uh, you know, for a long time in this league. They got Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson. Uh, they, I mean, they got, they've got a good solid young core there um, they've got some really nice pieces and they've been a very uh, surprisingly pretty you know pretty good team this year so with that said though they're so young they're so so young they might and I know you know you look at kind of a couple of the matchups they've given the Lakers I don't want to say problems but they they've they've really hung with the Lakers I guess. Uh they, they beat the Lakers here recently but the Lakers I mean honestly look like they really just didn't care about that game. It all conspiracy like if you're a conspiracy theorist you would say they were tanking that game to make sure that Memphis gets the 8 seed because they went out and they beat New Orleans the very next uh very next game very next night I believe and and looked you know impressive doing so without Anthony Davis. So uh, it was like seeing two totally different Laker teams, but to me, Memphis, I think you know they're obviously young, fresh legs, fast, uh, can play fast and stuff like that. They're just too young. I think they're just too young to beat a LeBron James and Anthony Davis led team in the playoffs. Just my my two cents. Like I said, it's no disrespect to Memphis. I do think they have a bright future in this league, and I, I've been a John Morant fan since he was at Murray State. So, you know, again, no disrespect to Memphis. I just would prefer not to see Portland. I don't want to see Damian Lillard in a series. I don't know that they would have enough to beat the Lakers, but whenever you got a player like Damian Lillard, you got a good player like CJ McCollum, they're getting uh, Yusuf Nurkic back. That's just a matchup I would prefer to avoid uh, in the first round. But we'll see. We'll see. Memphis right now, as I'm recording this, has a three-and-a-half game lead, uh, about 22 games to go for them. Uh, 20, excuse me, 20 games to go. So still time for them to, to lose that, but they've been sitting pretty comfortably there. And uh, that's that's the first round matchup I would probably prefer. Uh, I would just basically at this point just want to avoid Portland. If it's Sacramento, San Antonio, the Pelicans, or Memphis, 
I'm good. I think the Lakers will, will mow through any of those teams. Portland, I still think they'd beat, but it'd be a much more difficult time because of Damian Lillard. All right, preferred seeding in the Western Conference. So this is really interesting, kind of looking at the playoff seeding and you know, kind of rooting for certain things to happen. Uh, obviously, you want a route where the Clippers have to beat two different teams to meet you in the Western Conference Finals. You don't want them to be the four seed and you play them in the second round. Uh, either way, I think you're going to have to go through the Clippers. Either way. So uh, right now it is Lakers 1, Clippers 2, Nuggets 3, Rockets 4, Jazz 5, Thunder 6, Dallas 7, Memphis 8. So my preferred seeding would be Lakers 1, uh, I'd say probably Clippers 2 and Rockets 3, just because I think the Rockets, even though uh, by the time I'm recording this, the Clippers beat them uh, pretty convincingly uh, the other night, or last night, but um, I still think Houston can give them fits in a playoff series. Uh, just kind of a funky playing style, obviously going all small and all that. They play fast, they shoot a lot of threes. That might have been, you know, part of it. They just didn't shoot. Uh, they just didn't shoot well from three uh, last night against the Clippers. They shot horribly, actually. Uh, so maybe if they just shoot halfway decent, it could be a different game. So uh, one Lakers one, Clippers two, Rockets three, Nuggets four, Jazz five would be my uh, preferred route, and then Oklahoma City six, Dallas seven. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather the Clippers play Dallas, I think, in the first round than uh, than the Thunder. Thunder probably have, I guess, more like veteran talent. You know, guys like Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is 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 a, kind of a budding star. I trust. I really trust Rick Carlisle in a playoff series. I don't know. I, I I've always thought he's a good coach. I think he can adjust. Uh, I think Luca could give the Clippers problems. Um, would be an interesting matchup for sure. I don't think the Clippers get beat, really, in either of the first two rounds. To me, the West runs through the Clippers and the Lakers. I'd be shocked if any of those other teams came out of the West. Give a slight chance to the Rockets, I think. Rockets could be dangerous uh, just because they have Harden, they have Westbrook. You know, it's tough to just count those two guys out, even though uh, you know, the only time they got through the West was when they were with uh, Oklahoma City. But, yeah, to me it's it's still just make sure the Clippers don't finish four or five. You know, you want to see them in the Western Conference Finals and make them have to go through two teams as well. So, But I'm not overly worried at this point at the thought of playing Denver or Utah in the second round. So, um and then the last question was, how confident are you that the Lakers can beat the Clippers? Maybe I'll do a whole pot on this, but the quick answer is I'm actually still pretty confident. Not 100%, like not very, very confident, but I'm still pretty confident. Uh, I think that the narrative on the Lakers and Clippers this season would be drastically, drastically different if the Lakers didn't give away the Christmas game. Maybe that's just my bias kicking in, but I thought the Lakers absolutely gave that game away. They had wide open looks the entire fourth quarter, pretty much the entire fourth quarter, they're just wide open looks and they're just missing them. They missed a ton of wide open looks. Uh, some, I mean, I don't like to blame the officiating, but the the foul that Lou Williams got after he blew the breakaway layup kind of flipped that game quite a bit. Uh, 
that call sucked and it seemed to just be a turning point and then the Lakers kind of got frustrated but I just think if the Lakers don't give that game away in the fourth quarter we're the the conversations around the Lakers and Clippers are very very different so by the time I'm recording this the Lakers play uh Clippers here in a couple days so uh if the Lakers can go in there go in there as if it's a road game (laughs) Uh, if they can beat the Clippers on their home court, I put that in air quotes, even though you can't see it. Uh, I think that the, the conversations are very different. I think it restores a lot of confidence amongst the Laker fan base that the Lakers can beat them. But if they drop to 0-3 against the Clippers, you might see a lot of pessimists out there saying that the Lakers can't beat them, which you, know, you never know. To me, playoffs playoff series are, are a lot different than regular season matchups. So no matter how it shakes out, I'm not going to be overly worried. Uh, I still trust LeBron James in the playoffs, even at his age, even against, you know, a guy, you know, a team with Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George on it. I still just have faith in LeBron. Once LeBron gets in the playoffs, man, he just he finds a different gear. He seems to do it all the time. He's got Anthony Davis by his side. And the Lakers have a lot of guys that have been there before. A lot of veterans on this team. A lot of um, you know guys that have made deep playoff runs. So I believe in that. And I believe in Frank Vogel as coach of this team. And I still think the Lakers can get it done. I absolutely believe that. So maybe I'll do, like I said, a full podcast on the whole Laker-Clipper matchup. Maybe that'll be good to record after Sunday's game. We'll see. Who knows with that? That's a, I mean, that's a daylight savings early game. So who knows what's going to happen with that? So uh, that'll be interesting to watch. But Lakers have the Bucks and the Clippers coming up next. Uh, by the time I'm recording this, they actually uh, Lakers have to. They just need one more win or one more loss from both San Antonio and the Kings to lock up a playoff spot officially. So hopefully, I mean, I'm sure by the time. That I record the next episode, the Lakers will be officially in the playoffs, which feels really, really good to say after a very long six years of, of not seeing them um, play playoff basketball. So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I, As always, I appreciate I appreciate those of you that, that send me questions. Uh, again, let me know what, how you feel about Deion Waiters in the comments, the thought about uh, signing possibility of signing J.R. Smith, how you feel about the Lakers against the Clippers. All that stuff. Let me know what you guys think, what you're thinking. Um, give me some, you know, give me some topic ideas for, for future shows and things like that. And I, I always like uh, hearing hearing the feedback. So uh, let me know. As always, guys, be sure to uh, like this video and subscribe to UCAS Studios and Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and be sure to follow Lakers Outsiders and myself on Twitter. Uh, it's at Lakers at Lakers Outsiders on both Twitter and Instagram, uh, myself on Twitter at Gary Kester. Again, that's G-A-R-Y-K-E-S-T-E-R. And you can find all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. So be sure to check it out. All right, guys, I'm getting out of here. Thank you. Thank you again so much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. And until next time, this is Gary Kester with the Lakers Outsiders signing off. <laughs>